Today's podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy and data today by going to expressvpn.com forward slash inside. Welcome to the Inside Gaming Podcast. My name is Evan Campbell at Darth Burrito on Twitter. Usually, Brian Garza hosts. He is out on assignment, having a vacation today, or wherever he's doing, beating battle toads again. Uh, <laughs> I sent am... him out to dig up dirt on his family this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jo- I'm joined today by our illustrious uh, co-host, Caden uh, Jensen. Is here. What's up, Caden? How are you? Doing pretty oh, good. Oh, jeez. Wow. Just <laughs> oh, wow. Brian's gone, and the the daps the look. Comes you know out. the the old man is gone. We can start doing some actual good memes and start enjoying <laughs> ourselves a little bit. Why not? Uh, we've also got uh, Connor McGrath, as known as seen on Inside Gaming Daily. Connor, what's up? <gasps> Hi. The Connor. I'm yeah. From Inside so glad Gaming you, Daily. I'm so glad you could make it. <laughs> yeah, I moved some things around. <laughs> and uh, All right. yeah. It gives me a pleasure and an honor. It's a privilege. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, Mike Williams, formerly of uh, GameIndustries.biz, formerly of US Gamer, recently moved to PC Mag. Mike, I'm such a fan of your content, uh, particularly your Twitter. We'll get into it. But how uh, how are you doing? How's the new console launch season been treating you? Well, hello, hello, folks. And the new console launch season has been treating me fantastic. I uh, had an issue with my Series X, but uh, <laughs> I sent it back to Microsoft, and they sent me a new one, and now everything is beautiful. Wow. What was the oh. issue? Uh, was so it was weird with a, an a HDMI port uh, out of the, the system. It would basically flicker to black like mm-hmm. every 30 seconds. It wasn't the cable, and it wasn't the TV. I was trying all the different ports. It's just something with the system. Uh, wow. So I, I basically just contacted Microsoft support, sent my old system. I was very sad because I made the mistake of buying physical. I bought Yakuza Like a Dragon and I was in the system and I forgot it. So oh, I no. like the, the one disc I've purchased in like two years was in the <gasps> system that I sent to Microsoft <laughs> and never so came back. So oh, no. I had to buy it again. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah. no! <laughs> so never physical ever again. I'm already I'm already way on board that train. Some yeah. engineer at Microsoft is super pumped right now. They were See, like, I, well, it yes. feels like it feels like I, I just have a, a steel <laughs> like, book. I mean, that's really all physical is worth no anyway, disc. right? Just having something you can put on your shelf. Yeah, he just it loves feels the like license. Sega owes you a replacement at this point. This is like, come on. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Help me out, Sega. <laughs> All right, well, we've got like a We ton. know you're watching. <laughs> we know you're big fans of Inside Mr. Gaming. Mr. The so Hedgehog, that. excuse you. <laughs> I'd like to talk to Dr. Monkey Ball. <laughs> I, I would too, actually. I've got this thing. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> I oh, no. I <laughs> See, again, Brian's gone. We're already off the rails. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me r- r- ring it back in here. We've got a ton of news to talk about. Uh, more recently in... in, in like largely on my mind right now is all of the Smash drama that's going on currently. Uh, Nintendo recently sent a cease and desist letter to the Big House, uh, which is an organization that runs a annual uh, Smash event, which is usually pretty large. Uh, but because of these times we're facing in a in a COVID nineteen era, um, people have moved to playing Melee online, which requires a mod called Slippy 
And this is the, the primary issue that Nintendo took. The tournament organizers were going to use Slippy so players and pros could play online against each other and they could practice, you know, social distancing and all of that. Nintendo said, no, you may not. It's done. Uh, and it's really kind of brought all of the tension between the competitive Smash community and Nintendo to a real head. Uh, the Smash community obviously is not happy because for them, this is almost like they're trying to kill Melee and it's entirely a physical game, which you cannot play online for the most part. I think that about covers it. Did I miss anything? No, that pretty much covers the the basis. I mean, this is par for the course for Nintendo, though. They It's like, you're messing with our IP, our system, our code, our games. Don't do it. Period. The end. They've never been very lenient with this stuff at all. Even in like parody they're just like no 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 they they nintendo is the company that bought the porn parodies of super mario brothers so that they could never be actually released so that's the company <laughs> we're dealing with here uh, I, also you talk about uh, killing melee of course nintendo wants to kill melee sakurai did everything he could <laughs> to make sure that ultimate is what you need please stop playing melee <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was um, a couple of developments with that story. I'm not sure. How, we probably didn't get into too much detail on the daily story we ran about it. But uh, basically, there was a twit longer that detailed like the last uh, probably oh, yeah. 10 years of of back and forth with the Smash community and Nintendo. It's the, the, the big issue that the community is having is it's not only that Nintendo sent a cease and desist. They stopped the big house, which had to cancel both Melee and Ultimate events, or was their choice to also cancel Ultimate. Um, but... Because Nintendo isn't just turning the other way or trying to stop Smash entirely. It's that they've actively been allowing Smash events and competitive Smash events to be these kind of hubs for marketing. Um, you know, some of these tournaments will get like the go ahead by Nintendo. But of course, there's stipulations in which they have to run Nintendo ads and that sort of thing. Or Nintendo will come in and put kiosks and booths at a tournament uh, for upcoming Nintendo products. Uh, all the while not putting any money directly into the competitive scene, all the while not really acknowledging the competitive scene, except for when they need like big Smash influencers <laughs> for an E3 uh, for a new Smash game that's about to release. Um, so yeah, the issue really is that from the beginning, Nintendo has kind of had um, almost an insidious kind of role. And, and whether that comes from um, like a lack of understanding about esports in the competitive scene, which I don't think it is, or like kind of negligence or from like a bureaucratic side, that's this is the way it looks, right? It looks pretty insidious that they would continue to um, use, you know, the Smash community grassroots uh, growth to promote their products, but then also at the same time, not really do much to support them at the same time. So there, there's been uh, if you look at that tweet longer, um, which was posted by an anonymous Twitter user, uh, which got a lot of traction with a lot of the pros, Armada, Mango, uh, Hbox, uh, Hugs, all of them retweeting this and sharing. Um, basically that there's been a lot of talks with different large companies like Twitch and Red Bull, ESL, which is a big esports uh, production organization, uh, to run like a Smash circuit for Ultimate and for Melee, uh, and potentially Smash 4 at the time was the big one, which would, which, and these companies have offered to front like a million dollars, millions of dollars to, to run something like this, because believe it or not, Super Smash Brothers Melee is, and Ultimate combined like dwarf a lot of the FGC in terms of their uh, engagement uh, and views and that sort of thing. I feel like I've been talking forever. I'm sorry. I know a lot about this topic. <laughs> I can get lost in the weeds. Does anybody have any questions or feelings uh, about kind of well, the, the revelations of this stuff? I, for some of this, I knew working in esports. Some of this I kind of knew was behind the scenes. And a lot of pro players, I think, are kind of fi finding out for the first time. 
but yeah, go ahead. Uh, honestly, this is this is Nintendo. This is Nintendo at at their worst. This is the stuff that they do pretty much all the time. And seeing them treat the Smash community like this, it pretty much is exactly how they you know treated content creators at large uh, years ago. And slowly they've started to change, but it's never been like at the forefront of their mind. They want to control all the marketing. They want to control all the messaging. They want to control their own product. It started with that whole whitelisting situation with YouTube and any kind of content creation. You had to be approved by Nintendo to make Nintendo content on your channel. And only these types of games, and when they removed a game, you needed to stop making content for it. And when they added a game, then you could do it. But the moment it wasn't on that list, you had to not do it. And if you did make content with anything that wasn't on that list, you lost your privileges with Nintendo. End of story. And that's just how they did things. And that's just because they can. And to a degree, yeah, it's a big business. They have the ability to control their IP and they're going to, regardless of it being Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony or, you know, any big company, they want to own that. Disney's like that too. If you start doing, Disney stopped people from putting Spider-Man on cakes because Spider-Man's our property. No. (laughs) So it's pretty much par for the course. And especially with Nintendo, they just... Nintendo of America understands content creators to a degree, but Nintendo is a Japanese company. And as far as Nintendo is Japan is concerned, and I've talked to representatives from both NOA and Nintendo of Japan and YouTube over the course of all of this nonsense. And Nintendo of America is willing to play ball to a degree, but their mega corporation home where everything, you know, lives and breathes who have the final say on everything they don't feel the necessary need to. They don't really have any reason to do that, so they don't. So when things like this happen and it's a manipulation of an IP with a mod or with uh, external hardware or anything, Nintendo just slaps a big no on it and walks away because they can. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of the the part and parcel of being Nintendo. Like, everyone's always like, Nintendo's focused on the games, just the games. They don't worry about online or microtransactions or any of that this is the other side of that mm-hmm. they they don't focus on additional marketing they don't focus on any other opportunities um and they would actually seemingly as far as we can tell would prefer not to be involved with any of that at all which sometimes works out in their favor like over the summer some of the unfortunateness around the smash community absolutely like, nintendo was just able to be like I, yeah, not they, us. They didn't. Yeah. Whereas Capcom, who was more involved in their tournament scene, had to specifically take pains to say, no, we're not involved with that person, and that person will not be involved with our events moving forward. Nintendo just stayed quiet, and everything was good for them. So I think that's part of just Nintendo being Nintendo, and Nintendo not wanting to be involved or liable uh, for anything that might happen, uh, it's just easier for them, especially Nintendo Japan, which is a very conservative organization, uh, does not particularly want to like extra stuff. Um, this is not my wheelhouse, as may be evident <laughs> by the fact that I haven't said anything. Uh, but I guess um, this, you know, Nintendo's unyielding control of its IP be it the uh do, do you think this benefits them or does this just 
feel petty like long term like what's they, what's the ramifications for this does this lead into their you know complete and total control of their ip resulting in you know better games or is this just hurting them so they absolutely have nothing to lo- lose here or to gain <laughs> i feel like it's it's really that's i think what's what hurts the most about it it's really perplexing they didn't have to come out and do this i think legally uh, what you're referring to connor is um, you know, if they don't stop slipping now, what's to stop other people from making rollback net code for other old Nintendo games, right? And then they'll have a it, real problem on their hands. Let, let me just say, I think this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> totally. Like, I, think all, I, I think, think we're all sucks. in agreement that, like, yeah. an event that was supposed to bring people together in a time where we're all very much apart would have been great. And Is Nintendo saying no. <laughs> yes, and, and, and Nintendo think, saying no is just like it's kind of like. Look, you could have looked the way, you know, looked the other way just this once. But in uh, an illegal sense, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense for them to say yes to this. Because the moment they say yes or even not say no, especially in this sense, you know, it gives legal precedent to anybody moving forward to look back on this particular instance to be like, well, you didn't give them any trouble. What's so special about this? It's not very different or it's actually the exact same. So it gives that legal loophole for a judge to come in and be basically like, no, 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 you Nintendo's wrong. You know, you're correct. So they go Nintendo. You need to pay them whatever or you need to let them be able to do whatever they want. And then that just opens the floodgates. So if anything, Nintendo has everything to gain from squashing this immediately and nothing to lose from doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Because does it hurt them? Uh, Well, like Smash on Wii U sold like 5 million. Smash on 3DS sold like 9 million. Smash on Switch sold 21 million. So that's a a strong growth. (laughs) And they've been this way for pretty much the entire time that online has been a thing, that the Smash tournament scene has been a thing. And the game keeps growing so it's not hurting them at all yeah and so i think what's interesting is that that scene has grown a lot uh melee is generally thought of as like the foundation of of competitive smash in terms of opening those doors up and they've just grown so much i mean like mango has Ah, over birth of wave dashing yeah mango (laughs) one of the five gods of melee has over like two hundred thousand twitch subscribers right like people have made a very good living off of playing this game uh, they devoted a lot. And a lot of these fans that are also playing Melee and watching Melee, they're not just Smash fans. They are Nintendo fans and they're buying other Nintendo products. And now you have a large section of them and a large amount of them with very large followings. Um, any of the top pros uh, like Armada, Armada, who I mentioned before, or or Hungrybox, for example, um, that have these huge, large followings and can, can motivate them. There's also a Twitch streamer, Ludwig, I think, is like committed to now hosting uh, melee tournaments using Slippy for charity. Uh, and if he gets uh, cease and desisted, he said he's going to do one every month. You know, every time he gets cease and desisted, he's just going to do another one. And he's raised like $40,000 <laughs> for charity. So for Nintendo, it could turn into like a big PR mess because in 2013, they tried to shut down Evo. They tried to shut down Melee at Evo. The the community came together then. They raised, raised a bunch of money for charity. So if Nintendo shut them down, they'd, they'd have to say, like, look at all this money Nintendo just deprived, like, orphan children or, you know, this, like, hospital fund or whatever. That's bad PR for them. Uh, I think, Mike, you made an excellent point about Nintendo being able to step back. I just wanted to revisit that for a second because in a scenario where Nintendo had their own circuit, their own league with rules, something like 
you look at it, Riot Games, you look at League of Legends, you look at, uh, you know, Capcom, like you said, Namco, like you said, uh, Mortal Kombat even is not as popular of a game as Smash by any means, but has the largest prize pools and they have, you know, codes of conduct. They have these rules and enforcements that can help clean up the space that could really help the community in that way and guidelines and things. But without Nintendo's guiding hand, none of that stuff can really exist. It all has to be self-policed. And like you're basically just trusting tournament organizers, just normal yeah. people to make mm -hmm. decisions about like ethical choices and, and like rules and regulations, which I think they've been doing an okay job at it. But we often just see the, I mean, I should preface that by saying like, it's not that great of a job because all the stories we hear are about like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's toxic over there. There's just a lot of harassment. Mike, you mentioned it before you know, the equivalent of like a Me Too movement has happened over the summer for Smash. And a lot of, of influential and known players, uh, you know, were, were involved and have been removed. And, and that this stuff, is, yeah. The, the thing is, is like, that's, un, the thing is, is you, you bring up like just this past, you know, couple months, but the Smash, <laughs> the Smash like community is like, they go through this every single year. Every single year. It has happened every single year. If you're a part of it and you're just like, I just like watching competitive Smash. I like enjoying that content. I like watching it. And I like practicing it. That's great. That's fantastic. But every year you go through this little bit of just like, all right, I'm not with them. <laughs> like, you're right. Because there's, it's, it's been constant. I mean, you know, there's been story after story after story. And it kind of means that, you know, it, they do need a guiding hand. They do need a guiding yep. hand because there is no real regulations to any of it. And the only company that could give them any kind of regulations is Nintendo. And they don't want to play ball. And they don't have to. Yeah, and they're, But they're, it does hurt the players and it hurts the community. But it doesn't hurt Nintendo, so they don't care. <laughs> and they're also like actively, uh, you know keeping other companies from providing that type of support or organization to, like we mentioned with Red Bull and Twitch. Um, I could talk about this forever. Unfortunately, we do, <laughs> we do have a podcast uh, here with a lot of other Poor news stories Connor. we have to get through. I'm so sorry, Connor. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm happy to listen. I, I enjoy all facets of gaming. <laughs> you jumped into the fire on this one. Uh, let's move on to the Cyberpunk 2077 leak, uh, which happened, you know, our two favorites, uh, I guess I could say favorite, but but two individuals online uh, got an early no, copy of the game. Our favorite, and we're screaming. Big dude. Yes, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of uh, references to like Beavis and Butthead, and I guess like I mean maybe Bill and Ted or something. Maybe no one's making that reference. Just me uh, playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Honestly, Bill and Ted are wholesome. Bill and Ted are wholesome. Beavis and Butthead, I definitely go with for these two guys. <laughs> Uh, they streamed 20, Cyberpunk 2077 early, like, mm -hmm. and this yeah. thing is out there. Yeah. See, I, I like it, it's 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 termed a leak, like in most of the stories, but really, this is the kind of thing that used to happen, like back in the day, where you could just go to like a store, and if they didn't know, you could yep. just pick up the game early. Because I, I I tried to do that with Demon Souls. Yeah, it's in the back. Like I went over to my Target, <laughs> and it was like three days before the PS. Five was supposed to launch and they had demon souls like i saw it right there and i was like hey can i just buy that and the guy was like yeah sure and he took it to the register and rang it and then it was like oh no i'm sorry man he's got a street date and i was like oh like back in the day man. you could go to a mom and pop shop yep, and they'd have right, a copy love, yeah I and love you could get victories. it i got overwatch on sale at best buy because they mislabeled the price it's <laughs> just like i took it to the front and they rang it up and it was like 
the legendary price so like either 40 or 60 dollars and they were like all right that'll be that much i'm like no no it said 20 and they're like it doesn't say 20 i was like yeah to go check it and, <laughs> and we went and we went downstairs and they were like it was a and then they got the supervisor and she was like it's not supposed to be like that and then i was like but i do get it for that right and they were like <laughs> yeah it's yeah, technically yeah, you, do. you technically and do i was like cool yes and i barely played it i'm not really an overwatch person did, did anybody else get a game early like like oh. in a mom and pop store i got kingdom hearts yeah. 2 uh about a week early wow <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> I've never Mike, you? anything early. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten a couple games. Also, plus I, I worked at both oh. GameStop <laughs> sure. and like a mom and pop GameStop equivalent before that. So it was kind of one of those just like, oh, we got the game. Let's just take this. Let's take it home. <laughs> and just don't talk about it. And we'll bring it up on the day of. Just don't forget. <laughs> Oh, Look, I feel, like we, I feel like anybody who's worked at a game store, myself included, has either really, really thought about it or actually done it. And it's because, like, it's, it's like so long as you I disconnect the Xbox 360 from online, pop the disc in. It's like, yeah. Fine, not, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I work, like I work GameStop, not so much. But yeah. the <laughs> previous store that was smaller all the time. My brother was working at GameStop during the last holiday, and part of me was like, can you? Hook me up. <laughs> can you grab me some stuff? Can, can you uh, hook me up with a couple uh, leaked early access Funko Pops? <laughs> I mean, if you build a pretty good relationship with your local mom and pop, I think that's a pretty common practice where like those solid customers, they usually like, give you the nod like, hey, yeah, go ahead. But, but you know, other than that, I think, I, I don't know, does this affect anything? Does it, I don't know, this leak didn't seem no. to be, you know, <laughs> as controversial as Last of Us 2 or whatever. I think as, it's just... As I understand, also the gameplay they showed was super boring because what yeah. sets this apart from getting a game early in the past is that you can immediately title on yourself to the whole game's press and, mm, and right. subsequently the developer of the game <laughs> and probably the retailer, they said they got it. They, they were a friend of the son of the guy who made it, which is just like oh, so totally big, big brain. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why? why <laughs> the game was supposed to be out. I'm, I'm assuming that retail copies were ready to go, right? For the 19th, maybe. Yeah, and these were PS4 copies. Shipping we them. should know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, PS4 copies. They were streaming straight from a PS4. Yeah, and I mean, I like, like I said, like all the stories are like it's leak. I'm like, no, I mean, they just got an early copy and they started playing it. You don't want to know about the game. Don't watch their... Like don't watch their stream. <laughs> their their yeah. gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> testament. Well, they're my to favorite how... Let's players. So yeah, and then <laughs> it's a testament to how long that game actually is because you're just getting a small cross section, and they didn't happen to stumble across any like major story spoilers or anything, I guess. Or maybe they're in there. I didn't watch it. Also, we know totally so than... much about this game already. <laughs> you know, CD Projekt Red is just like. Here's like ninety percent of what you can expect from this game. Yeah. We're gonna keep ten percent secret. So it's like. What did we gain from this? What did anybody really gain from this <laughs> There's game? There's been no like, shortage of materials <laughs> ahead of this. Yeah, like, it did get delayed three times. Yeah, there's there's true. And they're constantly releasing content. It's like there's like a whole season of television made up of <laughs> cyberpunk previews. So why do why do we need two doofuses? Yeah, I think that that's kind of why cyberpunk's uh, again leak really just a couple of guys got it early uh it's really nothing because we know so much about it and this little snippet was just it was 
really we didn't learn anything from this that we didn't already know before versus something like The Last of Us 2 getting like it's like we knew not a whole heck of a lot. They were playing very close to the chest with that information. So that flipped the script a bit. So weighing the two together is like everybody's just like everybody wants cyberpunk is going to get cyberpunk. It doesn't matter if this got leaked early or any of that first bit, whatever. It doesn't matter. But Last of Us 2 was everybody was holding their breath for that. Well, I would say we did learn a little something, which is oh, that God. Cyberpunk actually plays on a PS4, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the I, big I issue mean, they true. were having was optimizing this game for last-gen soft uh, hardware? It's a great point. Part of it works. This game is I mean, playable on the PlayStation 4. And But we don't know if it's a pro or a base one. We don't know that. <laughs> so, it's got to be, be a pro, because... Like, I don't know how anybody who's listening, watching, whatever, if you are still on a base PS4 or Xbox One, sorry. I'm on a base PS4. <laughs> oh, oh. My base PS4 yeah, is sorry. my is is a media machine, and my base Xbox Ones, which are launch, by the way, uh, they are propping up a TV. <laughs> well, my, ba- my, my, my base PS4, uh, I barely use it anymore. Uh, and by the time I considered getting a pro, I instead switched gears to building a PC. Right. And I w- all I wanted to do was sunset that thing. And then I had The Last of Us 2. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's pull it out and blow off the dust. I actually <laughs> pulled out my controller from under my desk and it was so covered in like dust and hair and, and shit. And I posted a picture of it. <laughs> and uh, and a friend of mine, a mutual who works at Twitter Gaming, was like, we got to hook you up with something else. <laughs> so they sent, me, they sent me another controller. Uh, but that's how little I used it. And then Ghost please, of Tsushima came out, and I was like, nah. Yeah, please don't post another picture of this ever again. <laughs> it, uh, was, quote, quote, it was pretty grody. One. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving yeah. on. Uh, there is rumors and uh, hints that... or. Jim Ryan directly has been saying out there in interviews that Sony is working on a new service or something like a new service. Whenever he's asked about Game Pass, uh, you know, uh, Sony Entertainment President, I think he's President, CEO, CEO, CEO. Let's just, let's just go CEO. with that. Yeah, yeah CEO. Sorry, uh, is working on Game Pass, a, a PlayStation Pass, I guess, a PS5 Pass, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's basically just said, "Hey, we've got news on on something coming up," and and that's what I guess we're all assuming it is. Uh, did you guys see this story? Uh, yeah. I did. Uh, they're, they're, the, the weird thing about Sony is that they're already... So, like, PlayStation Now was Gaikai. So, like, cloud streaming, like, <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah. And then it became PlayStation Now, and it's always been there. And then they also just added the PS Plus collection. So it feels like they're they're somewhat there in two different directions. They just need to, to bring it together. Uh, and and I don't know, like it's like for Microsoft, like game pass is what they want, like period. Like they just want you on game pass. Phil Spencer also in a recent interview said like, yeah, I mean, we'll eventually probably do an Xbox app that you can just like load up on PC and play game pass and all that other stuff, you know? So you don't even like need the the series X or the Xbox one or whatever. Don't they, but, but Sony does need it. Sorry, uh, didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, they right now, beta, uh, Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass on they PC do is download. It's not yeah. streaming. Streaming is oh, just oh, on I didn't mobile realize you were right talking now. about streaming specifically. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. So, the, like, the whole Game Pass suite for Microsoft is the point. For Sony, they still need hardware. Like, their hardware division 
PlayStation is one of their best performing divisions. They're like, we need to stick, keep selling games and we need to keep selling systems. Whereas like Microsoft doesn't care. So I, I feel like Sony has the option. They just have been avoiding it as much as opposed to leaning in. Yeah, as much as everybody talks about how, you know, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft are like the big three, realistically, Microsoft dwarfs both of those other two companies absolutely, just like entirely. Microsoft is so huge that they don't need to worry about a lot of this stuff. And, you know, to your point, this is like, yeah, no, as soon as they like add in, you know, a proper streaming service for, you know, PC or any, even like, a fire stick type thing where you just plug it into your TV. If they had something like that, I guarantee you a lot of people would trust Microsoft with it over something like Google Stadia or Amazon Luna because, you know, Microsoft has the infrastructure for it. They also have, you know, the the clout for it. They're a gaming company. You know, they work with PCs. They work with consoles. They've done all this stuff before. And while, uh, you know, Game Pass for PC is kind of, it's okay. I mean, I use it. It's fun. Uh, it has its... It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It's blue screened my PC on multiple occasions. The download that's, speeds are terrible. Uh, that's funny because I, saves I downloaded... Saves don't sync uh, sometimes across all devices. I, I had no issue downloading uh, Master Chief Collection yesterday real fast. And well, no of course, you know who makes that? Microsoft. Huh? <laughs> okay, fair, fair. That's fair. I'm going mean, to get really big wrong. brain about this. But, but you know... You know, Mike, to your point, it's like, yeah, Sony's been trying to do this kind of sort of maybe for a while, but, you know, they they did PlayStation now and they had this whole service and everybody's just like, yeah, why do I want to stream it? It's really laggy and I don't like it. But that yeah. was way at the beginning of the PlayStation, you know, PlayStation 4 era. And it's just existed. It It wasn't the best. It just existed. And now that we're in a place where oh, this might actually be a viable, you know, thing. They still have that infrastructure already in place. So they just need to take the time and devote it to it, especially with better hardware that exists with the PlayStation 5. But I'm going to slide this in there. Nintendo's also been doing this for a while, but not in the States. They've been, uh, they've had the access uh, to, you know, stream games to the Switch for a while, including Resident Evil 7, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Fantasy Star Online 2. And, and all of those were and control. and control. You could do all those things on the Switch, and you could play all those games on the Switch, and they were streamed to your Switch, but yeah. just not in the states because the states has crappy internet. <laughs> yeah, and I, Microsoft has uh, Azure service; like they have an entire yep. cloud division of the company that is. Yep. And so they have the infrastructure to just be like, let's just throw stuff at it to make it a thing. Yeah. I just want to add one thing, uh, and then I'll throw it to, to y'all and we can move on. But, uh, you know, Game Pass, uh, I feel like is a response to PlayStation Plus in some ways. And obviously there's some higher level thinking there. But PlayStation Plus, where we were getting free PlayStation games forever before Microsoft even, you know, had an inkling to do something similar with with their Xbox Live subscription and Gold, Xbox Gold, um, that came from from the PS3 being down and them needing features to add to the PS4 and the new generation that came with like, and also them saying like, hey, we are an, we, we can provide just as good of an online experience as Xbox Live, which was like pr- predominantly uh, yeah. favored on Xbox 360 at the time it w- when it was the PS3 era. So when they moved into the, to the PS4 gen, they're like, here's this new service. You're going to get free games online. 
uh, as long as you stay subscribed. So they, they're no stranger to coming up with like something in that realm that works. So it'll be super interesting to see, you know, whatever this is. What if it's not a new service at all, though? What if it's a Vita 2? Interesting. <laughs> I'm just hoping. I'm praying and, and hoping. A Vita 2, huh? Just throwing that in there. You only have it in PSVR, though. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, what? I'd love I'd love a Vita too. I mean, look at Nintendo. Nintendo's making money hand over hand. Yeah, and the Switch is essentially a portable. Like, yeah, you can yeah, plug it, it into your TV, but at least me personally, I don't. So I never I only play. I, it, I never portable. play it handheld. Oh my I only god! Only play it docked. Oh, I actually, I, I, I'm, I'm probably I hate the... Joy Cons. I'm sorry. I'm such a force of negativity on this show today, but I just can't. I can't let the Joy Cons. I'm I'm a 50-50 user. It depends on the Ugh. game for me. There's some things that I've just like. You have I one docked and one free. Uh, you know what's funny? I do have I do have two switches, but yeah. So currently one is one is right here undocked, and the other one is completely docked. But there's certain games like everybody loved playing Breath of the Wild undocked, and I'm just like, how? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? But yeah. things like but like Pokemon, I played that undocked because it's like I'm so used to playing it in handheld. That was just like, no, this is a natural thing for me to just play that in handheld. Animal Crossing was all handheld for me, too. I can do strategy games like Into the Breach is great handheld. Agreed. So like Sony, Vita, Vita 2. <laughs> Vita 2. Make it happen. Let me, oh, let, me, let me uncharted it on the go. <laughs> do they like, if they make a Game Pass, let's say, let's say that what they're making is just a direct Game Pass con- uh, c- competitor. Like, how do they... How do they compete, like with that library? Like they would. I don't know. I I feel like they uh, they'd have so a lot games. to <laughs> they they they'd have a lot to lose in comparison to Microsoft in this because Microsoft's like, do they really lean into Halo that much? Do they really lean to Gears that much? They do, but not as much as say Sony does, Ghost of Tsushima or right. Spider Man or anything like that. So, you know, Sony's profitability leans on those ips like god of war where microsoft's just like play it on whatever we don't give a shit (laughs) right but and it couldn't just be first party because that would also go directly against the ps plus collection which is exactly which is coming so that doesn't seem like what they would do but also sony is not really a company that's built success as of late on third party Mm -hmm. uh cooperation so that's where i'm wondering i'm like what what's what what's up what's what's i up? think they need to do some major <laughs> acquisitions like microsoft has been doing where they're just like we eat you and get all of your backlog we take mm. this and they'd need to do something like that to be able to have that competition there the, otherwise it's just you know again god of war uncharted <laughs> spider-man <laughs> yeah i mean what also the big benefit of sony and the playstation brand as a whole is other than Nintendo, like, not playing Nintendo platform. If you want a high-end gaming experience and you want Japanese games, you're only getting them through Sony. Microsoft has gotten a little bit better, like, with deals with Sega and stuff. But for the most part, like, you like Japanese games, you're getting a PlayStation or you're getting a Switch. That's, like, Xbox is really not your place. (laughs) So uh, maybe some deals on that side might help them. I will say, though, uh, they just added Final Fantasy VIII Remastered to Game Pass. 
this. And I'm just like, okay, all right, I'll play Final Fantasy VIII again for the thousandth time. I mean, it's there. I have Game Pass. Why wouldn't I? And I, Microsoft has been doing better. They have um, the entirety of Kingdom Hearts available on Game Pass. So, and, yeah. and Final Fantasy, uh, their Final Fantasy XV was on there for a while. There's a bunch of stuff there. Their Game Pass offerings are very much, to Connor's point, dependent on those third parties. And Sony's been kind of not leaning into that as much as they probably should have to, right. to have those benefits. Yeah, I feel like whatever they do, it is going to be a little bit of a competition. But at the end of the day, it does come down to games. It comes down to like what you can play on it and what you, what you're getting out of that. Whatever the monthly subscription is, what games are you getting? And maybe they rotate through that just all star lineup of exclusives that they have and say like, yeah, this week it's Last of Us two, next week it, or next month it's going to be you know Spider Man, Miles Morales, or whatever. I think that would be a good way to go about it. I think we should tackle one more story and then move on to questions. Uh, I think that there's there's two things I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to slide one in real quick. There was a big interview with Phil Spencer on The Verge. He talked a lot about uh, basically like fanboyism, I guess. Or he talked a little bit about how, how displeased he is where people want one console to succeed and one console to fail, uh, which is what it is. It's the world we live in for the last you know year, especially coming up into new, new launch consoles. But he also talked about you know uh, being a little bit uh, or lamenting at least uh, the, how launches have gone, and even like he mentioned that Jim Ryan also was lamenting how this this launch has gone for PS5 and, and the new Xboxes, um, which I think we can just really talk about briefly, I guess, if anybody has any thoughts. And the idea, I guess, in that interview, if you didn't read it, go and read it. It's on the verge. It's really good. It's like a really good expose. Um, it, the, the main idea there, I think, is that he was saying that they were going to start thinking about ways to make that process better, ways to either provide it themselves, uh, you know, Microsoft would be selling you Xboxes more directly or creating a system for retailers in which uh, it's more of like, uh, he didn't say this exactly, but one suggestion was uh, from the interviewer was like, I just wish I could put my money down. And then if my console's ready in February, I just get it in February. Um, and yes. kind of had a laugh about it, right? Uh, just like cue me up and when it's ready, it's ready and, and that sort of thing. So I think that'd be super cool if, if it sounds like Microsoft is getting in the headspace of like, how do we make these launches better? How do we get people this, this Xbox instead of getting like 3,000 of them just bought up by uh, bots or whatever? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd say that like, at least for me trying to, to pick up the new consoles on Target and stuff, it's been a mess. And even now I wanted to buy a uh, 3070, uh, but you can't find them. Uh, and it, it, it is a mess and I would like a system where I could just give them the money and whenever the console is done, whenever the video card is done, it comes to me. And I don't know why uh, companies haven't moved in that direction. Yeah, it's it's been super unfortunate. Uh, I think that's really well said and probably capsulizes that whole conversation. Mike, thank you uh, for being so succinct. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, Mike, specifically because you're here and you review video games for a living. Uh, you know, we also do some reviews, but not to the extent that, you know, another major platform would uh, or a major game site with like an actual like section for writing. We're just a YouTube channel, right? Um, <laughs> okay, don't put us down like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, no throw, throw everybody here under the bus. We yeah, don't care. Oh, That's sure. fine. I mean, we, we're... Look, I'm going to be honest. YouTube I spend a lot channel. more time reading game reviews than watching them. It's just much faster. I don't know. And then, you know, obviously Metacritic <laughs> and all that. But I spend uh, a lot more time. It's faster. 
<laughs> this has the, been the longest lead up to a story of all time. It's going to be my my signature uh, MO. Uh, but Last of Us 2 took six Golden Joystick Awards, <sighs> including Game of the Year. Is this what we're going to see come December, right? We're, we're just- I hope not. Getting thrown into award season. <laughs> is Last of Us 2 just poised to take everything? I don't, it's not my game of the year, but- I honestly think the, the one that's going to hit like Disco Elysium did last year is Hades. Yes. I think Last of Us 2 got more award nominations overall, but I think Hades is probably going to be big winner across most of the awards, if I had to guess. Hell yeah. I mean, 100% agree. Like, Last of Us 2 is like the game's equivalent of Oscar bait. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, I it's mean, the movie equivalent of Oscar bait. The game's yeah. a, game a movie, and I and I like that game a lot. I would ha be happy to see it take home some stuff. I think that like a lot. Of, I think it's excellent. I, I think it's uh, excellent. I think it's too long, but I think it's a great game. I like Hades this, too. This kind of brings something up too, and and I really feel like it's it's worth putting out there. Whatever the biggest name or IP that comes out closest to the end of the year will more than likely take it. Had Cyberpunk not been delayed, Last of Us 2 would have been dethroned. But because mm. nothing really big like that came out, you know, Last of Us 2 will take it. It's the same thing that happened. Everybody loved so many games that came out the year that Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, but Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. God of, and God then of War just, got game of the year. But but the thing is, is there were so many actual, and well, in a lot of circles, yeah. you know, you saw Red Dead sweep the awards in a lot of different categories. Um, but I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention this. At the same time as The Last of Us getting best storytelling, best visual design, best audio, and so on and so forth, Studio of the Year went to Naughty Dog. <laughs> yeah. Studio of the Year went to Naughty Dog. <sighs> yeah, that's not With great. all of the, the crunch and all of the, the stuff behind everything. Studio of the Year? Yeah, there was a <laughs> harassment allegation this year there that just went completely went unanswered there too. I think. I mean, I don't know. We, it's all. It, I, how much can you talk about stuff that like there's only so many limited knowledge about? But yeah, I think Naughty Dog is Studio of the Year. I guess in terms of achieving well, like depth. technical prowess, makes a lot of they sense. They released a they released a very good game that a lot of people liked. I'm not necessarily certain that that denotes Studio of the Year. I think mm. Studio of the Year at least as far as something that we look at as an industry, moves the industry forward, helps the industry grow, teaches the industry a lesson, and helps them be better. I don't think that Naughty Dog necessarily did that this year. <laughs> um, Mike, as someone who's so familiar with reviews, what's your take on something as overarching in general as a industry-wide award show? Like, how, <laughs> how effective can that be? Uh... Mm. <clears throat> Industry wide award show, and I'll 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 throw in the 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 game of the year discussions at different sites, because what always happens uh, every year is, of course, like you create a game of the year award in various categories at different sites, but not everyone has a chance to play every. So, like last year at US Gamer, uh, I put my foot down very hard for Disco Elysium. But not everyone at the site had played it. Mm -hmm. And it could have very well been like a game. Uh, Crusader Kings 3 is probably going to be one of those Ooh, yeah. this year. Uh, 
more people have played it, but for the most part, like a Crusader Kings is not a game that if you have a polygon and maybe uh, 20 to 30 staffers, maybe like three or so people have played Crusader Kings. So it's very hard to... <laughs> sure. And so what you, you end up doing is you're like, what are the strategy games that came out this year? Oh, Crusader Kings, that's a good one. Is anyone going to fight for this game specifically? <laughs> and if no one's played the game at all, then it just sort of falls by the wayside, even if it necessarily could mm-hmm. deserve the award. So yeah. th- like there's stuff like that. Like you, you say on new online multiplayer game, Phasmophobia, Fall Guys, you know, all that Among stuff is going something. to is going to be on the top of the list. And that's going to be the stuff that uh, people gravitate to. Um, and that's the same is true with the awards. It's just like, what what are the ones that we've actually played? Right. Um, <laughs> I, I like, think that happened big time with, with the original release of Demon's Souls. Like a lot of critics yeah. knew that this storm was coming. Like, I, I mean, even playing it back in the day, I was like, this is going to affect video games and the way video games are made for a long time. It's such a fresh, like a breath of fresh air and a new take kind of. And what you're saying, Mike, there was like, I remember at the GT offices, there was like, even like even half the staff uh, was like, no, this game is incredible, should be our game of the year. And I think like if you have somebody at the top, like in a, um, you know, like an EIC or something or director of content who's just like, but our audience is not going to, I don't know if that ever comes into play. It shouldn't. But if it's like. Uh, it usually doesn't because yes. we, we'll, we'll fight pretty hard at, yeah. in game of the year discussions like for the games. But like a, a good example would be, let's say you're deciding on sports game of the year. A lot of people have probably played the Maddens. You, you, a lot of people have probably played the Fifas, but maybe the best sports game, technically, again, this is all subjective, is like Ride Four. But no one played <laughs> Ride Four except yeah. for the people that love that love it. Ride, right? So that's one of those games that was probably good or great. I don't know. Uh, again, I didn't play it, um, and probably could have stood up there, but. It's not Madden or FIFA. No one actually got to play it. And yeah. those are the kinds of problems yeah. that tend to happen in game of the year discussions and mm-hmm. award season. Yeah. And that, right. that filters outside of just the sites, but also to the fans. And that's part of why you see things like believe the golden joystick awards are fan voted. Yeah, it's a mix. So there's a critics award, which Hades did win, which is interesting. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, right. Yeah. But you're right. And yeah. So like like everyone like Last of Us Two sold millions, everyone played it. So if you get to a category and you're like, uh, "What's the best action adventure game?" and you're an average person, you're like, "Oh, the only ones I played were Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima." Let's give it to Last of Us Two, and that's where your vote goes. How dare yeah. you? And I and I think <laughs> and I think that's that's such a benefit to these, you know. Uh, smaller, not smaller platforms, but I mean, smaller than a huge game awards. It's having, <laughs> even if one person played a game, they can go to bat for it. And I think what yeah. Evan, you just said about engagement and what the audience wants. I mean, that's really what we're seeing with having really what seems to be a growing support for an official, the game awards being mm-hmm. just the show along with the smaller ones is that this is not so much about gaming as it is about award shows i mean we're seeing it with the grammys uh the weekend recently i think yesterday was posting uh advocating for transparency and you know a lot of these award shows have (laughs) you know like a lot of issues with uh you know 
obviously it's different. You can listen to an album in a day. Most games you can't beat in a day, I would say. But I yeah, mean, like, I feel like yeah. I feel like this industry is just starting to not just starting to, but like we have to reckon with having an official award show in a way we didn't before, where there were more voices. Yeah, it's and, a lot, and of, all those it's have, a lot of pomp and circumstance. <laughs> is what it yeah. is. It's 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 the show of it all. Because video games finally, it's like video games are finally at the table with 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 books and music and movies and television. <laughs> and video games are just like, we want to do it now, too. And they're just like, OK, go ahead. And as soon as these things pop up, they're just like and you you hear the fans just like, no, this person got robbed or this thing got robbed and everything. And that's the problem with a lot of that is it's just. That's the award show stuff. That's just yes. how it works. And yeah. we're going to hit that again and again. And I mean, it's great because honestly, games now get to have that reach, which is fantastic. It brings people into this because it brings people into the, the culture of playing video games more as just, you know, it's like it, it, it's finally sunsetting the era of nerds play video games. Everybody plays video games. If you if you were existed in 2020, guess no, what? Nerds, you played a nerds video do game. play video games. We're all nerds, and I think we need to. We can't forget that. I mean, Never we are. Where you come yes, from. but it's just it's one Everyone of those who things plays that video game is a big nerd. This is this is video games finally taking up the big you know the big step of just like we are not niche anymore. Despite you know being a multi billion dollar industry, it was still seen as niche. Because it had some 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 stigma behind it for whatever reason. Having an award show like this makes it palatable for the general populace. And it's like, oh, I heard this won a very nice award. I think I too will pick up a console to play oh, games yeah. on and do things right. like that. And it's like that's it's marketing. And yeah. for what it's worth, it's good. That's a good thing. More people playing games? Yeah, no, absolutely. Enjoy yourselves. Life is short. Yeah, we do we do want the Oscar bump. For for games like oh I heard this was like like gripping and like you know people picked up Parasite after Parasite won an Oscar yeah yep. right like, hey I'm gonna go watch that it. or a Moonlight um and I mean like everything is always good like you brought up the weekend with the Grammys like uh, I I listened to K-pop BTS got on the Grammys for Dynamite which is not their best song this year <laughs> it's just the most popular one yep. it should have been Black Swan. But <laughs> agree. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> okay. See, I, I got other people that know. Yes. No, if you were going to nominate BTS this year, it should have been Black Swan. Dynamite agree. was just the most popular one. But okay, we'll let that slide. But that's that's the way award shows work. It's what people know. Uh, and, and that's it, like you can't draw upon from choosing awards, nominating awards, uh, or picking a game of the year if you haven't played it. Yeah. Like, that's right, just yeah. the. I th- way it is. And that at might the end the- of the day, we're doing objective rankings of subjective art. So yeah, sure. <laughs> and what I, you, think- I mean, you can only take things so much as as far as they can go before you just play it and form your own opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's always the case, even with reviews. Uh, no offense, Mike, but, you know, your own opinion is always going to be, you know. Oh, my God. Yes. I, mean, I want people. To- <laughs> I want yes. people to know it, a review <laughs> is an opinion. Yes, it's it's. Like, and someone asked me one time on, on like reset or like, what makes you better than me? I was like, nothing. Like, this is just my opinion. I've just been doing it long enough that I can put my opinion on a website and get paid for it. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, to give the game awards credit, I think, uh, a lot of that stuff 
you know, we talked about in the the meeting rooms or whatever at different sites, th- those things can be swayed by somebody who feels very impassioned about a different game. And then when you get two of those people fighting for the same spot, I think interesting things can kind of come from that. That doesn't really happen with the Game Awards. It seems more math oriented, right? It's like a lot of uh, ballots go out to different judges and those come back in and they kind of tabulate them. I'm not sure how much like editorializing goes into, you know, I don't think Jeff is sitting there saying like, okay, this one, that one, that one. I think he's just looking at the numbers and say, okay, well, this I is will, the winner. I will say that... Um, Rooster Teeth has had the opportunity in the past to offer our opinions on games. Certain people in the company have have been reached out to to participate in these things. And it really is, it just boils down to its numbers. You know, mm-hmm. what gets the most? And it's pretty simple. I mean, and that's kind of how, how it works. Not yeah. everybody, again, not everybody's played every game, but the more widespread you cast the net, the more data you get back and the more the numbers are are changed overall. Sure. So you throw a giant net over things is when you get, you know, that indie darling game, like something like Hades, to take game of the year hmm. versus something like, you know, The Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima or anything. Both it's very well liked games. Uh, you know what? <laughs> uh, they're not bad. They're no, they're not. Popular. They're not bad. They're, but I mean, it's 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 how wide you cast that net. And historically, the net has not been cast very wide. And as we've moved forward, it's actually been a lot more, you know, mindful about people being included in this and hearing a lot more of, you know, everyone's voice in this particular case. And that's where you get those. It's like, look, we know this game sold a lot of copies, but a lot of us had a lot more fun with this game. And we think this one deserves it. And that's where those numbers get counted. Yeah, like our our, our ballot, I'd say our even our U.S. Gamers <laughs> ballot uh, is technically like Kat is the one filling it out, the editor in chief. But she, we had a Slack channel where she was like, "Okay, so w- what what am I going to put in this list?" And that's how it normally works. And we would fight about stuff. So like action adventure, like last year, uh, I really tried to push for dragon quest builders too good game good game <laughs> like yeah it's a fantastic game but not not a ton of people got to play it yep and so that was one of those like as we're doing the discussion because i think it's like top five in each category i was like come on get, like give me the fifth <laughs> spot like give me the fifth <laughs> spot and and that's how that worked out and so yeah a lot of these come down to like Hades this year was just a very easy, just like in every category. It's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. what's the best indie game? It's Hades uh, action game. We're Hades. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the, a lot of that stuff comes, came easy, but sometimes there are those fights where you're like, no, I, I really believe in this game. Uh, Divinity original sin two back when <sighs> it came out was one I fought hard for because no one else had played it. Your taste was is like, impeccable, by the way. And I was like, You're but just... that is that is the RPG game of the year. And I was like, I will I will relent <laughs> on action adventure or another category if you give me this category. And that's <laughs> All how right, that worked. So, uh, we're calling it right here. Hades is going to sweep the Game Awards uh, every single category, <laughs> game of the year. Uh, that's my pick, at least. Uh, let's move on to listener questions. But first, 
We've got a word from our sponsor. Yes, thank you to Full Sail for sponsoring this. We know you love video games. You're watching this, you're listening to this. You have to love video games, but have you ever considered making them? If so, I wanna tell you a little bit about Full Sail University, which offers a variety of gaming degree programs on campus and of course, because we're here now, online. They can teach you the tools, technology, and workflow used by today's gaming studios. All the big ones and the little ones, everyone in between. You can learn level design, programming, character modeling, production, and more. Graduates from Full Sail have worked on awesome games like, you know, Grand Theft Auto V, the Call of Duty series, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, a personal favorite of mine, and many, many more. Full Sail has degrees available in game development, design, and art, as well as many, many, many other degrees in the entertainment and media. To learn more about Full Sail's programs, as well as potential scholarship opportunities, visit fullsail.edu forward slash Inside Gaming Presents. That's fullsail.edu forward slash Inside Gaming Presents. All right, and we're back. Our first question comes in from Burt Dog. Uh, who asks, what is your go-to Thanksgiving protein? This is, of course, the day after Thanksgiving. Is it turkey, ham, or other glaze and or dressing on that bad boy? <laughs> what do you use, if anything, for stuffing? And he said, I assume at Brian Gar uses these nuts, which, of course, is his tagline. Yeah, Brian just has it all the time, but kind of a, a burn on Brian. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah is, I mean, yeah. no, yeah, no. Uh, Brian is more, most assuredly, probably roasting these nuts. <laughs> oh, Evan. Oh, is that, that you or your kids? Well, no, I, I made these, of course, obviously. <laughs> yeah, oh that God. one's Evan's on the left. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, um, it looks like Wolverine, um, see? That one on the left oh, is does. like, please kill me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I will oblige. You guys. Happy you, Thanksgiving, buddy. <laughs> Do you I'm ditching the I'm ditching the the turkey. I'm ditching tradition in general this year. Uh, I got a couple of nice steaks, and wow. that's it. There you go. Look, nice and simple. Look, just because some old people who are long dead ate turkey at a table back in the day <laughs> doesn't mean I have to have turkey. Hell Ain't nobody yeah. have turkey at any other time during the year. So yes, <laughs> steak or chicken. Like why? Like. Yeah, I don't. I don't love turkey as a, as a fowl, as a poultry. Personally, I would much rather have. I like the dark meat, but I just find a good boneless thigh. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I like the drumstick, but I find turkey just kind of bland. A couple of years ago, I had salmon for Thanksgiving. Oh, all right. See? Yeah, because I'm all about the sides. Because I had cornbread and, and green bean casserole as well. Yeah, see, that's more important. You kind of, yes. you kind of need cornbread. It just, it's kind of. I mean, I feel like that's more like a necessary item than turkey is at this point. You can't, I mean, you can't mess with a good cornbread. Turkey's a formality, definitely. I just oh, feel like the birds, the birds should be smaller. We don't, like you can, we don't you need can a come 25 for us. pound bird. You can come for us, big turkey, but we will not <laughs> relent in the face of talking about how steak and chicken are better proteins. Oh, so, yeah. I'll tell you what 100%. I'm doing protein-wise, or what I did yesterday, making a nice spread. Genoa, soppressata. I got a gouda. Oh, yeah, I got a I got a goat cheese. I have some aged cheddar. I am I got a brie, a nice, a nice pretty Ooh. neutral brie. Uh, a I nice got some brie. Big orange just... spread, some whole grain mustard. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I, I can't top that. So we're just gonna move on to the next question. <laughs> uh, Abraxas Iso asks for Thanksgiving. I have a family question for the parents. Uh, a hypothetical for any non-parents. What one game are you trying to force your kids to play? Oh. Hades. 
I mean, I already forced my kids to play Hades. They're only no, I would probably if if I had kids, I would probably well, force I, them to play Bug Snacks for the existentialism. Oh, so, <laughs> Evan, you do have kids. I do. Yeah. What what what's what's the experience been like? Because they're young. Have you have you like put a controller in their hands and been like, you have to tap X with the horse galloping to make it go faster? Oh yeah, I, it's it's just kind of a it's a lot of like finding all of my console controllers and just handing them the one that's not attached to whatever I'm playing to let them feel like <laughs> so it never works. They yeah. always know. Uh, and they that's just want to do whatever you're doing. I, I try to make a point not to play a lot of games in front of them, though I would like them to play games. I would say like beforehand, I um, I mean, mostly because just about like trying to spend time with them and help them learn and grow and stuff. But, uh, you know, before I had kids, I was always like, okay, we're going to start with NES and then Super Nintendo uh, and Genesis, we're going to go, we're going to just take them through the lineage. They're going to learn everything <laughs> they need to know about like game history. Uh, just, but yeah, that's not how it works. Like they just, they gravitate to some things and not others. Like they saw Fall Guys one time and that's just like, <sighs> they're like, well, can we do that one again? Uh, come uh, on, little little bean people. They're like Teletubbies. Yeah. Come on. They love the dragon in Spirit Fair. If you've been playing Spirit Fair at all, oh. they love helping the dragon. Um <sighs> It's stuff like that. I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of random, but like, yeah, I guess in the spirit of this question, definitely everyone should be playing Hades. You should experience that. <laughs> you, do y'all have hypotheticals? Uh, I'll throw them, uh, I'll throw them in the deep end uh, on Final Fantasy 14. Oh, Go. there you <laughs> Like eight what's, years old, get out there and raid. What are you what's doing? What server? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ultros. Okay. All right. I'm on Crystal. <laughs> oh. Kaden, what you got? Um, kids legitimate, legitimate, legitimate answer, legitimate answer. I'm going to give them Pokemon. It's nice. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that like, it's, it's easy to pick up and it's become easier and easier to play over time. But again, if I, I really want to make things like super difficult, I'm going to make them play Final Fantasy seven remake because like, that's that's close to my heart, and I want to I want to see like look watch watch Cloud go through a lot of shit very quickly. <laughs> Connor, do you have a a game that you would force kids to play? <laughs> yeah, obviously they would play exclusively the New York Times crossword puzzle. <laughs> wow, I would have I would have them come into my Ruthless. office, uh, mahogany paneled. I've got a high wing chair, and I say children. <laughs> What have we learned today? <laughs> That's it. That's awesome. Oh. All right. Our next question comes in from Elvis at G3323R. Uh, very important question. How do I get friend of the show status? Also, hope oh, you man. all have a great Thanksgiving, which is already over, but thank it's, you. It's pretty easy to be a friend of the show. Just be like a CEO or president of a major company or an extremely knowledgeable analyst that's cited regularly on the show. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, the base criteria for being a friend of the show in the daily. Ah, super easy. Just <laughs> do that. Uh, seeing as I'm actually not a part of the crew, I will say you're always a friend of the show if you believe <laughs> it in your heart. I mean, See, sure, I like yeah. That. If we want to sleep, though, yeah. Better. I like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think uh, everyone. Yeah, okay. It, it, gets, it gets cloudy <laughs> because there are videos where we do the friend of the show, and sometimes they really are friends of the show. Uh, like, and, uh, like friend of the show, Alana Pierce. Oh no! Well, that's know. the funny thing that is, most most of the friends of the show are actually friends of Alana's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's or people she's met at the very okay. least. So the the real graphic should just be friend of Alana's. Do, we stole Alana's friends, as more or less. I think we have time for two more. Do you all want to do another Thanksgiving themed question or do you want to move into real video game talk? 
Let's jump into the deep end. What is the deep end? What is the deep deep end? end? I vote Thanksgiving. Okay, all right. I I vote. It's Thanksgiving week. Why wouldn't we do it? I vote actual games journalism. Well, we spent an hour talking about that. Video game. Give me a question about food. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here's one. Okay, we can get through. Connor's Connor's correct though. We'll get one of each. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me find this one. Uh, Okay. Uh, Eric at Devious HK asks, "What video game character would you like to invite over for Thanksgiving dinner?" Oh, see, this is games journalism. Okay. I mean, that's true. Yeah. No, that's fair. I can I Connor? can go first. I, I think I'm oh, just gonna going. go out there because I, I'm excited about this question. Uh, I think I would just invite Kirby because I want I want to see it. Like I want to see Kirby just <laughs> inhale the whole table. I just I would like to see that. I, I, I feel like it. that's begging to die though, right? Like <laughs> like is Kirby yeah, just going to suck you in? Nah, and, I, and then he'll c- he'll he'll like compress and then it'll be like Kirby with a beard. Yeah, but what's he gonna? What's, Kirby's gonna eat me and start a podcast? Like, come on! He's, not, he's, just get the he's got the mic. He's got the mic power up for it already. Yeah, true. Okay, true, true. Uh, do you? Who, who else you got? Maybe Marcus Phoenix would be funny. I don't know. Uh, I, I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, so I will say Ichiban Katsuga. Seems Ooh. like such a such a nice guy, and considering. He starts homeless. Uh, he'd probably, you know, be happy to come by and eat dinner with me. And I'd, I'd love to be in his party. That sounds nice. Yeah. Caden, do you have a pick? Yeah, it's my pick every year. It's been the same pick that I, I, I've done since the 90s. Samus Aran, please come to my house. I would <laughs> like to have you over. Uh, not entirely because I've had a crush on you for the past, oh, say 20 something years. But if you do exist and you're out there saving people in space, could you spare me a day? That'd be lovely. Thanks. <laughs> I just have a nice, like, a, well, maybe this isn't nice, but I just had this image of a, like a, a Metroid, like on a platter, like on a turkey platter, but just like, a, I'm not sure, maybe it's upside down. I, I don't know. <laughs> see, 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 again, I think Samus, like, like Kirby, that, that feels like the beginning of like a movie. Like that's a Samus lands. And then all of a sudden you're on this you're just galactic guy, journey. I want. <laughs> I, want I want an eight foot tall space woman to come down here and start the adventure with me. That's what I just want. Just like the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> I would say yeah. the video game character I'd probably want to have over is uh, Ronald Reagan from ba- Black, uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty War. Black Ops <laughs> Cold War. Okay, yeah. I mean, you got us on a technicality. Go ahead. Connor, go yeah. ahead. Oh. This just seems like a really great, fun guy. He could tell us all about his westerns and just the communities he ruined. And uh, and we could hate, we could hate on commies. I think would be like an interesting thing to. Do. <laughs> I just think it's funny that that, that uh, President Ronald Reagan is in a video game in 2020. If the, the irony is palpable. <laughs> would 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 fake Ronald Reagan in your house have the 3D? fake character sheen on him yes it, he's, he's he shiny like- and he doesn't quite move <laughs> he's like he's like the best the disney animatronics team has to offer where it's like okay i can see i can see it i see it yes we need to bomb cuba okay <laughs> oh so. all right well yeah that will make for an interesting uh dinner dinner you know that family dinner i'll get along well with my uncles am i yeah. right <laughs> There it is. There it is. There's the punch. We got one. And then he can have the gravy first and it'll trickle down to the rest of the table. (laughs) 
Okay. I don't think, pretty sure that's not how that works. But no, right. it works. It works. You just got to try it again. <laughs> if you keep doing it, eventually it'll work. He's just uh, drinking gravy by the cup. <laughs> You'll right. get it. Don't worry. One last question here. Uh, Michael Gray at underscore one shade of gray underscore asks, the new current gen has now given us SSDs and the fancy haptic feedback. What do you think the next gen will do to top this one? Oh, I don't even have a PS5 yet. I can't talk next, next gen. <laughs> next, next gen. Uh, I feel like people are going to do the thing that they usually do is they learn from Nintendo two generations ago. And they're going to try and make whatever the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are now, but they're going to be able to make it portable and make it a much more, you know, unified experience that or everybody's just going to ditch consoles entirely and we're all going to play whatever the new version of candy crush is going to be and we're all going to be plugged into the matrix and we won't even know things anymore because our brains will be goo i like the part where you were alluding to vita 3 and i really disliked the part after that (laughs) tell me Uh, i'm wrong though how many people play mobile games this year just this year it's added it's It's not yeah, it's, people who play mobile games it's a, also... It's a majority at Smartphones are a fad. <laughs> <laughs> like television. <laughs> and, and radio and the broadcasts. There were people who, at the dawn of the iPhone who were saying, saying gaming on phones will never ever be anything or work at all. And uh, yet I'm is, playing Among Us yes. and I'm playing Genshin Impact on my phone yes, but you and then also, taking that experience on my PC. Yes, but I'm also <sighs> in gaming's journalism. No, but you of also course. play those other AAA games or whatever else comes through in Pokemon. Yeah, and but I'm a fucking nerd it's though. It's added. <laughs> there's room for both, okay? Go ahead. Yeah, there see, there like is. I... I I, I don't know what the answer because like all of the stuff is just uh, like rolling in stuff that's already on PC. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe tracing worse. SSDs, but like there's nothing. the The next thing of PC isn't here yet. Like <laughs> in two years, PCs will be like, well, here's the thing that will drop, and then all the like PC hardcore people are like, see, this is why we're better. Um, <laughs> but and then, like two years later, it'll be added to like the Series X Pro and the PS5 Pro or the Slim or whatever it is. Um, so I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I got nothing. Connor, maybe 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 a streaming like give me the streaming app like on the Xbox. Like I want the ability. I one thing I like about Game Pass streaming is that I can be playing on a phone and it will take the save, move the save over to the game on the Xbox One. I'd like to be able to just like stream a game and then be like, okay, I, I, I think I'm going to be into this and have it download while I'm still streaming and then switch over to the actual game. That sounds cool. So, that sounds like a this gen thing, though. Like you're right. You're right. Yeah. I think like that's going to happen. Now. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Any predictions for the future of gaming? Uh, probably holograms. Damn it! <laughs> Saving it for last. I was gonna say holograms, holographic tables. Probably, you know, we had holograms. Sock. It's all. It's all bull. It's, it's nonsense. Holograms. No. No. If you want my, if I mean, you want my real prediction, I think, I think they should have a, a packaged accessory that you can get that almost works like a Chromecast that streams games from the console in a different room to a different TV. So like Boom. Steam Link. Love it. 
So basically like Steam Link, yeah, I have like NVIDIA yeah. Shield TV and it's great. Except for, for it PC. works, yeah. Yeah, except for yeah, I feel like a proprietary like this will just go straight from your console would be cool, but that's not really part of the box. There'll just be better boxes that do high, slightly I like higher that, fidelity. Though. Gosh, I like I've, it. I've had a major uh, lapse in brain activity here, but the, the, the food generator in Star Trek, I think that's what we're going to get. It's just on mm. top of your Xbox. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want mm-hmm. a okay. snack, and it's just going to go, mm-hmm. Psh, here's your your nachos or whatever, <laughs> which would be yes. a horrible thing to eat while playing games. But, you know, you know, it, you have the technology. So they, they, Listen, they never... that's why you get the third-party controller. Whoever's eating the nachos, you just give them that. The, the Nyko controller is like, you can use that. <laughs> you know, Microsoft and Sony figured that they could. They never stopped to think if, if they should. So they should. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. That's fair. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Mike, for joining us today. Where can people see more of your stuff, more of your content? Uh, I, I've been following you on Twitter for a while, and you, you just always have such a rad uh, uh, way of breaking things down. I think you did like a Star Wars rewatch and like retweeted or like live tweeted a big chunk of those movies, I did. which I was did. super fun. Like somebody asked a question like, can Spider-Man or are Spider-Man's webs edible? And you just instantly had the comic book panel that's where you were like, <laughs> no, they're not. This is Rhino just getting its <laughs> mouth full of webs and, and being defeated. Um, so if you if you if you haven't followed Mike yet on Twitter, uh, go check him out at Automatic Zen. But is there anywhere else we can see your work, Mike? You can see me uh, uh, every day at PCMag.com, my new place. You can check some of my old stuff at USGamer.net, and uh, occasionally on the side I write over at Medium at Into the Discourse, uh, which is my my blog where I talk about movies and TV and all of that jazz. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Caden. Thank you, Connor. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good holiday break, everyone.